0: so it's the same day that I recorded the suicide episode (laughs) it wasn't supposed to be an episode about suicide it was supposed to be (laughs) about um about how I am learning that I need to learn how to be myself and learning how to be yourself is actually very very hard and I didn't realize that And I start talking about that at the end of the suicide episode, so you can go check that out if that is interesting to you. But one of the things that I have come to, having gone through all the challenges I have in my life and done all the work to heal the many experiences that I've had and misunderstandings I've had about life and wrong lessons that I learned when I was younger that I need to undo. And also just like um, responses I've had to life that supported me for a while and are no longer supporting me that's the journey of growth through therapy, personal development and all the other things that we do one of the tools that have come my way is human design and it has been amazing 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 for me to one, understand in a really deep way what my soul came here to work on in this life who my soul is And why I chose certain characteristics. When you look at my soul arc and some of the things that I have grown to understand are my key soul lessons. And then you look at my human design chart and key aspects of my human design chart. It makes sense that I chose to be, the I chose those characteristics and that archetype because those characteristics would best help me to achieve my soul's objectives <laughs> and learn the lessons I wanted to learn and evolve in, in the way that I wanted to evolve in this life. Cause you evolve both by reaching for more and by, um, fixing or addressing, um, misalignments and healing, healing the past. So, Growth is is both a backward-looking approach and a forward-looking approach. And my human design explains both of those things in such an elegant way. It's so comprehensive. Your human design chart will tell you things like how your energy works in this world, um, what is your aura type, how your aura creates opportunities for you uh, or um, protects you, how you make decisions, how you think how you view the world, how you identify opportunities, which is different to how your aura magnetizes opportunities, um, what motivates you to act and you know, change or help the world or others or yourself, how you um, your energy, what your energy endowment is, and how you can best support your energy endowment, what kinds of environments enable you to thrive versus not how your particular brand of wisdom works, right? What type of, what flavor of intuition you have so that you can make aligned decisions. So much. All of this is in your chart. Plus on top of that, it has your key gifts, the kind of way in which you tend to navigate life, right? And the role you tend to play in life and your purpose, And when I say purpose, your purpose is to be you. So your purpose is to do all of those things that I've just shared and to learn and to grow, et cetera. But when you're living in full alignment with yourself, um, the illuminating light that you come to shine and bring into the world effortlessly that you don't even have to think to try and do, right? Human design tells you all these things. Now, what I invite you into is to go and check it out because it has been phenomenal for me. It's helped me to also accept things about myself that I thought were wounds but actually aren't wounds. Their personal their personality and character aspects of myself that are just different to what the mainstream thinks and what other people are like. So for example, I move I move from experience to experience to experience because I really want to experience different things. Now, I used to think that I was fickle and refused to to commit and there was something wrong with me. But the reality is actually this is a design feature that I have that is in service of me tasting and experiencing the fullness of what life has to offer. Because of, in some ways, what my soul came here to give to the world and what my soul wanted to learn and experience while being alive right? Um, And understanding those things helped me to not obsess about certain things because actually society was telling me that I shouldn't be a certain way. But the reality is that, but I am a certain way and there's nothing wrong with the way that I am, right? And so it's brought me so much self-acceptance on a much deeper level than therapy and all of the spiritual um, approaches that I've taken, as well as It has given me tools, like a guidance for things I can deliberately do to support myself to actually have a great life. So I want to share it with you because it's been so revolutionary for me. Um, What you need in order to get your human design chart is your birth data, which is your date, exact time, minutes and seconds, and place of birth, place being city and country, And you take that data and you put it into one of these tools and you'll get your human design chart. You can look at www.mybodygraph.com, M-Y-B-O-D-Y-G-R-A-P-H.com, or you can go to the International Human Design School and you can download your chart there, or there is Jovian Archive, J-O-V-I-A-N Archive, all one word, .com. Um, they are very much affiliated with the original designers, with the original um, creator of human design. Now, human design is a divine system, which is why it is so elegant and perfect, because only the divine could create something that is this eerily amazing. Now, remember, I came from a very intellectual, mind-based background. So very scientific, very give me the proof, the evidence, the what, even though I was Christian, right? But like, in terms of, um, and, and I've been a personality test whore my whole life, right? Like I have done every personality test under the sun and fell so much in love with MBTI because it just was the most comprehensive and it felt a little bit nuanced test that I found. However, since finding human design, I'm like, this eclipses every personality test I've ever taken. And I mean, I have done them and so you can trust me on the sunscreen, like this thing works. I would say go get your chart and look at it. Try get it from a site where you can get a free report as well, otherwise it is just a lot of information that you can't make sense of. That's why a good place to start is the International Human Design School as well as mybodygraph.com. I personally use mybodygraph.com because it is, it comes with a lot of descriptions around different aspects of your chart and helps you to understand not just your type, but also some of your centers, your decision-making authority, etc. So what is human design? It is a system that comprises of... So I, I want to get this out of the way so that I can start talking about the fun stuff. So I'm going to say this really fast. Human design is a system that was defined by its founder called Ra-Uruhu, I know he has got a hilarious name. I think he's one of those guys that like had a spiritual awakening and changed his name. There's lots of those guys in the US. It's quite hilarious. But it happens to a lot of spiritual people, right? They enter the path and then they're given a name by spirit. That hasn't happened to me and I don't mind because I love my names. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, he uh, created a system that is comprised of... Um, a few systems. It takes. It combines Chinese I Ching, the you know Vedic like ancient Vedic wisdom, and the Vedic wisdom uh, is the origins of the chakra system, right? So when I talk about chakras in previous episodes, that's the Vedic system. It also includes uh, the Kabbalah tree of life. It has astrology in there. So you've got your the signs that the planets were in and the, gas, the gates they activate. And then it has, um, what else? It also has some metaphysics in there. So when I am around another person, we can create an electromagnetic channel because everything that exists is vibrating at a frequency and emitting radiation. And that radiation interacts with everything that it comes into contact with. And that has been proven. Go check it out. And so, really, um, the theory is that um, there's a stream of neutrinos. Neutrinos have been scientifically proven. And when neutrinos pass through matter, they pick up information and they pick up signatures from everything that they pass through. So they'll change in mass and like properties. From if you look at a neutrino before it passes through something and after it passes through something. It's different. And so this science, the human design system, um, says when the neutrino stream, right? Because neutrinos are passing through everything. You and me right now, as we sit in this conversation, neutrinos are passing in and out of us. And what it does is it says, well, what was the neutrino stream that passed through you when you were born? That neutrino stream, before it entered into you, it had an information signature from everything that it had passed through before it reached you, right? And then... um, that data signature has information from every planet and the positions the planets were in at the time. And, you know, based on other properties, it then imprints into you a design archetype that then combines all these systems to give you wisdom as to what were the packets of information in those neutrinos when they passed through you. And it tells you things like, you know, this neutrino may have passed through Jupiter when Jupiter was in Capricorn and at a certain aspect of, of Jupiter or a position in Jupiter and at, and then when it passed through you, it activates a part of you that is on the Chinese I Ching hexagram and, um, that is applicable to a particular center which is, you can think about a human design center. There's nine centers, um, uh, and a particular center of your body and your centers correspond to the chakra systems. So, um, there was seven chakras and then we've evolved into nine chakras, nine centers, because the heart chakra split into the ego and the G center. Um, the G is the identity center and the um solar plexus has split into the solar plexus and the spleen and so that takes us from seven to nine because as we've evolved and our consciousness has evolved then our energy centers within us have expanded in number or increased in number okay so that is the story in the theory now you can go check it out if you want to let me tell you what i am right I am and then there's one more thing which is there's 64 gates based on the neutrino information that's come into you and depending on which planets etc that the neutrinos passed through before they got to you you'll have certain you will have certain gates activated or not and it depends on the planets so you can have 11, 12 13 14 15 that you can have 30 possible... Um, Gates activated in your chart because of the 13 known planets. And then if you add Chiron, which is an asteroid and a significant asteroid in the solar system, you include Pluto as a planet and you also add Lilith, which is the dark side of the moon. If you also look at those as placements, but they don't work as strongly as the 13 planets, then you have 30 potential activations in total. And so, right. Let me tell you about what I am in short. And then I'm going to tell you about the aspects of the human design chart that have brought me so much healing because this is a spiritual podcast. So I'm not here to just like tell you information. I'm here to encourage you to go check out your your chart because your chart can bring you information about what your soul is here to do and bring you some healing and self-acceptance. Okay. So, and, and I'm, I'm going to talk about my chart in relation to what I'm experiencing right now, right? Um, before I do that, what am I? I am a manifester. There are four types, manifestors, generators, projectors, and reflectors. I am a manifester, and manifestors are here to literally initiate new concepts, ideas, um, perspectives, frameworks, understandings and wisdoms. We're here to basically big bang into the world. And it is a divine role where divine inspiration just comes through us. And then we're like, we need to birth this thing. We need to create this thing, which is something that society and the collective needs. That's the role that manifestors play. Projectors, reflectors and um, generators and manifesting generators. Sorry, I forgot about many gens. That makes five types. Five types they play a different role for the collective and each each type's role is very important i'm only going to talk about my type here because i'm not trying to give a human a human design one-on-one lesson because that's quite boring and so um as a manifester my role is to initiate in order to initiate things and initiating means so every type has a strategy my strategy is about initiation going and birthing new concepts and bringing them into the world And in order to be able to initiate, I need to inform people. So I tell them, you know, during the course of, or for me, I found after, or people say before, but to be very fair, I move so fast that I can never tell what I'm going to do before I do it. I just feel energy moving in me in a certain direction. And then before you know it, I've done something. And informing others creates less resistance because we have a closed aura so just as much as I'm not always super clear on what is going to come out of me next other people can't read into me and get a sense of what is she about to do and then I just come out with these big back things that can like make things a bit uncomfortable for other people because people like predictability and things that they can track and figure out And I'm an energy type that's actually quite difficult to figure out. For example, when I launched this podcast, I didn't even know I was going to launch it. I just knew I wanted to talk. I sat down with my mic, I recorded something, and then I was like, oh my God, I think that's an episode. The next day, this thing was live and you guys were hearing about it. So... Um, that's partly right. the the nature of me being an initiator and birthing things. And then the informing was me coming out and then telling you, hey, guys, I have a podcast. I remember that day I went and told my closest friends, guys, I've lost a podcast. Oh, my God, can you believe it? And they all were laughing at me because they were like, this totally tracks and like, Um, because of the conversations we had been having about spirituality, it, it just made so much sense, right, and so that was me also informing them that, hey, I'm doing this thing, and that's important because then it like frees up space for you to move and helps people understand what's happening with you. My strategy is to initiate, right, that is the role that I play on the behalf of the collective because I'm a vessel for spirit and for life to bring humans what they need, right, and So I have an, uh, you can say that I have an intuitive, um, wisdom. I have a way of tapping into my intuition so that I know what to do. And that is my decision-making authority. And my authority is splenic authority. There's lots of other authority types. Um, some people have a sacral authority which is in their gut. Some have emotional authority, which is actually waiting to be emotionally neutral before they make decisions. For other people, they need to talk out loud. And as they talk out loud, they get a sense of whether something is right for them or not. And for other people, they have to just wait uh, like a lunar cycle. And in that lunar cycle, they will either like the right thing will kind of come to them or they'll come to peace and awareness of what is needed uh, for a particular situation or decision. So my authority is bleeming, which means it's instant and it's like, it's this inner knowing it's like a whisper. It comes and then it's gone. It's like, okay, I can't explain to you why it doesn't come with logic because it is completely instinctual. And so that's how I, it enables me to move very fast Um, Oh, other people have ego authority, which is their desires. If they really, really want something and that desire is pure, it's not a fear-based desire or a power-based desire or a shame-based desire, it is a pure desire, then they're meant to follow their desires, right? So everyone is different. And as I say this, you might feel yourself gravitating towards one or the other. So just think through that, right? And see what jumps out for you. Um, But I'm a splenic manifester. And that means I make decisions very quickly. This little voice, it doesn't even sound like words. It's just, I just know that this is right. Or I know the answer. I think because my cognition is also feeling cognition, which human design told me <laughs> this. And when I read in my human design, I was like, oh my God, it makes so much sense. I just get this knowingness. Right, And that knowingness is instantaneous, and the first hit of knowingness that I get is the thing I need to follow. If I start sitting and humming and hawing, then I lose sight of my wisdom and I'm now in the mind. And so human design is lovely because it talks about how we're actually designed to make decisions using our bodies and our intuition and our wisdom, and our intuition comes from our body. For some people, it comes from the voice as they speak, and for others, it's then outside of themselves. For everyone, we're not supposed to use our mind. No one is supposed to use their minds to make a decision. We're supposed to use intuition. And non-mind based intuition. And so, let's start talking about... (laughs) um, I'll mix things, right? I'll talk both about where I found freedom. And where I found um, healing. And um, some of what is coming up for me in my life right now. As I'm in this emergence. So... In this emergence, right? I am being called to just be me, right? If you listen to the suicide episode, I ended on the note where I'm realizing that I spent a lot of life trying to be a certain thing and living, I think, a little bit dissociated and in a fantasy because I was trying to escape life because I kind of didn't want to be here because I found life very hard. So I was trying to find an easier version of life for my mind to be able to live in right? And opt into because the reality of life just felt too impossible to be something that anyone would want to consciously opt into. And so a big part of my journey as an awake person (laughs) has been to live life on the terms of reality, right? On life's terms with what life tells me it is, which means being very, very, very present in the moment and very still and letting life touch you without, um, being attached to the outcome. Now, this aspect of not being attached to the outcome is something you see in my human design chart. My Lilith is in gate 40. I think it's in gate 40. Let me just quickly go pull up my notes. Just give me one second guys. Um, So my Lilith, basically, I can't tell you the number of the gate, but my Lilith is in a gate that is all about having experiences just to experience them with no attachment to the outcome. So you can see how. The way I was living, right, uh, and, and like being conditional about life and saying, I will only be here in life if life delivers me good things or certain things or certain outcomes. And I'm going to go and create money for myself, um, friends for myself, a relationship for myself, deep spiritual awareness and awakening for myself. And those things are going to give me fulfillment. But no, actually, the point for me is to reach out to life for life's sake. With no agenda. And that is very, very hard for me to do. Very hard for me to do. So that's one of the things that my human design, when I discovered this about myself, and this is a more recent discovery, because I had looked at more of the traditional planets in human design. When I discovered this in Lilith, I was like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) That makes so much sense. (laughs) So that is one thing that's been very interesting for me. Um, another thing that my human design has in it, right? I have gate 58, which is the gate of joy and vitality. It is a gate that says you have a deep love and appreciation for life just as life is. And you live with so much reckless abandon and vitality. And the source of your love of life comes from your, you being yourself right? Because it's linked, it's source energy comes from gate 10. And when you understand that gate 10 appears in my chart three times, that means it's a very strong influence. Like most of your gates will appear once. So if you have anything appearing more than once in your chart, that's a theme for you. So there's a major theme in my life around being myself, right? Now I started my life not being myself and I felt like the world wasn't a safe space for me as me. And so I pulled a lot of myself back. I repressed myself a lot. I repressed my emotions. And these are some of the things that led me to my first suicidality moment. And, um, it really like fractured me in a big way, uh, being in an environment where I'm such a big, bold personality and I couldn't be myself. I couldn't go initiate and do things and, and follow my little, my little rabbit holes because it felt like, um, it felt threatening to the people around me. But the problem is they weren't intentionally just trying to terrorize me. It, it was almost a subconscious reaction to my aura because my aura is closed. Yet I am a very powerful person, right? Because I can come and create things out of thin air. I'm the only energy type that can do that. But it's a huge burden. It's very hard. So like when I say that, it's not like I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm the only person who can manifest. That's not true. Everyone else manifests too. But I can manifest things out of thin air, whereas other people can manifest in response to something, right? That someone else is generating or inspiring or requesting from them or inviting them to do, right? And so for me, it would feel like I was just uncontrollable because who knows what Tenji's is going to do next. So you can see why, if you listen to one of the earlier episodes, the one about um, the relationship with my parents and why I picked the parents that I had and why is love so hard to find, Um, I will talk about issues of control, right? And some of my soul themes. And this came up early in my life because I'm a manifester with a closed energy aura. And human design explains that. When I discovered that in human design, I was like, oh my God, okay, that makes sense. And I found so much healing because then I, there wasn't something wrong with me, right? But it made sense that why I have such a deep wound with control. But therefore, it also makes sense why I chose to be a manifester because being this energy type would create the kind of conditions that would make me grapple with control and independence. Because manifestors also run very independently, very autonomous, Um, they move really fast, they're highly impactful, and they kind of have this energy that like doesn't belong to anyone. In my human design chart, I also have single definition. So that means that I have an uninterrupted connection between all of my defined centers in my chart. So of the nine centers in human design, remember the nine centers correspond to the seven chakras, but two centers are split into two. Your nine centers, some of them are defined, some of them are undefined, depending on whether there are two gates in different chan- in different centers that can connect to each other. Whenever you have a gate connection, that forms a channel. When you have a channel between two centers, those centers become defined, So I have an uninterrupted flow between all of my defined centers because there's a channel from my spleen to my heart center and a channel from, no, let me map it this way, a channel from my heart center to my spleen and then from my spleen to my throat. And because that's one nice uninterrupted flow system, I can move very autonomously. I'm very comfortable in my own energy. I don't really need people in a big way, right? But I want people around. I like being around people. I enjoy their company and their presence and I learn a lot from others and I really like being in community. But it is not something that I need for my breath and and feel like there's a completion that happens. Whereas with other people who have interrupted channels between their centers, then they can need other people around them to help create that uninterrupted loop. Remember I said human design is also has like an electromagnetic aspect to it. That is the electromagnetics. When we're around someone else, if we have one gate and they have the other gate, and these are partner gates that can form a channel, they will form an electromagnetic channel between us when we're in each other's presence. And our auric fields are touching each other. And then they'll loosen when they're not. And remember, aura isn't just a physical thing. I think there's also a metaphysical aspect to it where my aura can connect with someone else's aura if we're on Zoom, for example. And so coming back to this, I have many aspects in my design chart that I've mentioned to you now that have a design of independence, sovereignty, moving alone. And yet then I come into this life where I have this fear of being controlled, which pulls me away from connection and community with others because I'm afraid of being controlled I also have this weird codependency issue with wanting to be saved why because I felt very disempowered when I was growing up and and I kind of got the message that you don't have the power to do anything on your own and you shouldn't someone else needs to do things for you and they will save you because also my parents were very strict they made all the decisions for me so I was very cut off from my manifesto energy and manifested as a type right and so a big part of my healing has been to reclaim my manifesto energy and that autonomy, that agency, that personal power that I can create the life that I want. If you listen to my last episode where I was talking about, um, why is it so hard for us to create lives of ease? Right. And that's all about really, you know, letting yourself want what you want and believing that you can have it. Right. For me, the way in which I get the things that I want is by creating the things i want to create right and by initiating and being proactive and going out there and making people engage with me inserting my energy into other people's spaces for other people the way they make manifest things is responding to the array of opportunities that life just brings their way and just saying yes to the right things and no to the right things and so they might have an issue with like honoring and trusting their desires and saying yes to only the things that they want. And that might be their life lesson. That's not my life lesson. My life lesson. And those people, they're they're generators, right? Generators have the endowment to say yes or no to this buffet of opportunities. Manifestors have to go out and create the opportunities. Now, as a person who felt like she didn't have personal power, you can see, right, how I can come up with and butt my my head in this way. So that's where my energy type and my type of definition has come into play. So if you're looking this up for yourself, you can look up whether you have single definition, split definition, triple split definition, quad split definition, the degree of def- of splits that you have, come with their own giftings. I tend to not need other people, but it means that it can be harder for me to collaborate with people. Whereas people who have like triple split definition, for example, thrive in group environments. So you guys can do really well on cross disciplinary teams. Whereas I can struggle a bit because I can run ahead and leave everyone behind. And then people feel like I'm not a team player or like I have my own agendas. Right. And so it can also explain some of the ways that you might be showing up at work or in your relationships. So that's one thing that's been interesting. Now if I bring that back to what's a theme of this emergence, right? (laughs) A big theme in this emergence has been, um, like, like trusting. Oh no, I don't want to talk about the emergence. I want to talk about something else because I lost my train of thought for a second there. So another aspect I want to talk about is, um, something I learned from my human design is there's a part of your chart that talks about variable and you have different variables, which are um, the ways in which you move in certain aspects. One of the aspects of variable is your determination or your digestion. This is how you take in information and um, make and, and kind of optimize Right. And get the most nourishment out of the things you do, whether it's food, whether it's information, whether it is experiences. um, How best do you digest the world? For me, I digest the world the best in quiet places. Right. So low sound frequency environments help me get the most nutrients out of anything, whether it is eating a meal with like soft music in the background Or just not in loud spaces or not in bright spaces because bright spaces are high frequency spaces they're visually loud so you can have spaces that are visually loud audibly loud um texturally loud so for me that is one of my types there's another type that actually is the opposite that digest best when they're in high sound high vibrational environments (laughs) high frequency environments then there are other people who are low light so they actually digest food best when the sun has gone down and that's when their appetite kicks in and they tend to feel hungry at night whereas there's other people who tend to feel hungry in the morning only so if you have a kid and they refuse to eat all day then suddenly in the evening they're famished don't force them to have breakfast right give them enough so that if they feel hungry and like you know peckish during the day they can eat if they need to but you can feed them at night and the way their metabolic system works is they will take that energy and use it best and get the most energy from it in a more fasted state during the day, right? So human design can tell you that. And so for me, I've had to learn, and and since I started eating in low-frequency environments, I've noticed big changes. Big changes in my attunement, right? How well I can hear my inner voice, hear the voice of my intuition, and um, get kind of these... You can say psychic hits, but it's basically, you know, that knowing that you have that you can't really explain that is beyond intuition, that like wisdom and awareness and being able to actually really, really read the environment and take everything in has sharpened exponentially since I started eating quietly, working in relative silence. There are days because I moved to WeWork. WeWork is a very loud environment, you guys. Oh, my God. I have a desk there. And there are some days where if I'm trying to do very quiet, focused work, I I will go into work late because I'll start that work at home if I can, right? Or I will try to find a quiet place for me to go work. But sometimes I struggle because literally in every single room you're in, work will be playing music or you will hear the AC or there'll be other people moving around. Lord, so I only realize this now that I'm so attuned to the way I digest information. So if I want to do deep work and I want to write marketing copy, for example, or plan episodes, I can't do that work um, in loud environments. I have to go somewhere quiet. And that's not the kind of work that I can do in a coffee shop. And so I used to like working in coffee shops, but now I'm like, if I go to a coffee shop, I need to go to a quiet one. and I need to go before the lunch crowd sets in. So that's been quite interesting, right? The other thing that has been interesting for me is when it comes to my spiritual journey and my my return to myself on a deeper level, I've had to heal my relationship with intuition and actually maybe open up a relationship with intuition that I didn't have before. I was trying to make every decision with my mind. And you'll hear when I was talking, I mentioned this in different episodes that I felt, especially when I was younger, I felt incapable of living. I just felt like there must be something uniquely wrong with me. Why is life so hard? Why does everyone else seem to have the cheat codes and I don't have them? One of the things that I was doing that I didn't know was that I was trying to use my mind to make decisions and I didn't trust my decision making as a result. And therefore, I would hum and ha about decisions a lot. I would make decisions using things like pros and cons lists and using my brain instead of using my heart now there's an aspect of me that absolutely needs to go data gather right and get information my human design chart also explains that right because there's another thing you can look at which is your profile lines and i'm a line one profile which is a profile of a deep researcher and investigator doesn't mean i'm going to go do an investigative profession but it means that i read up a lot on everything that's why when i'm in an episode and i'm chatting i'll be like oh go read this book or in my research, or I've discovered, or I've learned. Guys, I've been, I'm always learning, and always reading, and always listening to podcasts. And like, I just, I'm a sponge for information. Now, whew, what it means, and what I discovered was that I was trying to make decisions intellectually. And so I lived with a lot of regret in my 20s. I would always look back at my, and, at my life and be like, that was a bad decision. Oh my gosh, like the parameters for making that decision would keep shifting, Because then I'd be like, oh, but if I'd known this thing, I would make a different decision. Or I'd be like, if you consider that, then the decision is not a good decision to make. Actually, the opposite decision is the right one. And then I'd be stuck. And so I would have a lot of inertia when it came to change, yet I'm designed to move quickly. And um, my spleen, as my source of intuition, is fast. It goes with the hit. It's just like, boom, it's there. And then you know, Right. And so now that I have been letting myself have this intuition that is instant in the moment, I'm learning that if I'm sitting in in indecision for a long time, I've probably removed myself from my initial splenic hit. So what I've started trying to do is trace my steps back to the initial moment when I first thought about this thing and say, what was my instinct then? And to try and remember what my instinct was because the spleen does not speak twice. I can't be like, oh, okay, spleen, sorry, I didn't hear you when you were telling me last week. Can you tell me now? My spleen won't because it's in the moment, right? And that's how my design works. And so since learning that, I'm starting to be more and more comfortable with making quicker decisions. Number two, I'm also becoming more of my own leader. And that's the point of human design. It says you are your authority. That means no one else can tell you what you should do. Only you can, because only you have have the knowledge of you on this deep, visceral, non-intellectual level, right? And so one of the things that sharpened my intuition is being in silence a lot. So if I have a big decision to make, I need to quiet down my life or go for a hike somewhere, still engaged, blah, 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 blah. And in that place of silent, the hit will come to me, right? And I'll just, I just feel like I know, right? And so I'm learning to use the type of um, cognition, right? The type of, you know, digestive approach to support me in being able to adequately synthesize the information my life is bringing me non-verbally so that I can make good intuitive decisions, right? And that's powerful about human design. Some people have, um, and then there's another aspect of human design, which is your cognition. How do you get information from the environment, right? Around you. For me, it's feeling. So I get information through my energy and it's this like non-verbal, non-cognitive Felt, like, just knowing this. For other people, some people have taste cognition, touch cognition, inner vision, out of vision. So they might, no, not out of vision, inner vision, right? And, like, inner vision is, like, you'll just see a picture of it. And then you're, like, that's what I should do, right? Or there's some people, when they're in a weird situation, it just smells off. Now I can smell energetically off. Or you can smell physically in your nose that, And so, for example, if you're making food decisions and you're trying to decide what should I eat, something may smell off to you that smells fine for me. You need to trust that it's not for you because of your sense of smell. Now, just because it's not good for you, my spleen might be like, yeah, that's fine for me, right? So that's why we all have to go by what we individually need, right? Now, how has this brought me even deeper healing I used to struggle so much to verbalize to people why I wanted to do certain things. I would just be like, because I just need to do it. And it's like, yeah, but do you know it's going to work? Like, what's your reason? And I'm like, I don't really have a reason. So then I would put myself under pressure to have all these answers that I didn't have. Because guess what? The way the spleen speaks to you, it doesn't come with an answer. Like someone might, someone with an an ego authority, they'll have a desire. So Someone might say, well, why do you want to do this? You're like, because I want to do it. And for them they might struggle with a deeper reason because it's like but why do you want it i don't know i just want it so you start learning that you don't have to justify these things when you accept your human design you can just accept the way you make decisions and now i've noticed that when i trust my spleen i make the best decisions right there's another thing that i wanted to talk about that has brought me so much healing which is the fact that remember i told you about profile lines So I'm a line one, three, and you've got two significant lines in your profile and in your chart, and they make up your profile. And those lines are basically an aspect of your sun, your conscious sun and your unconscious sun planets. Now, for me, that's a one and a three. The one line is about investigation, going deep, researching, right? Being very scientific, learning as much as as you can learn, and for me, learning brings me security. Knowing and being informed and having information makes me feel secure. Then there's a third as there's a third line, and the third line in me is the experimenter and the explorer. And so this explorer learns through lived experience. The traditional name for this line is the martyr, because it's like you're sacrificing yourself at the at the stake of experience so that you can bring wisdom to others and be like oh don't go there that water's hot but the way you learn the water's hot is by jumping in <laughs> and when people see you jump in and get burnt then they learn oh that water's hot so it's kind of a martyr for them so the thing about the martyr is that it is all about jumping in it's like act first think later very instinctual it's all about the lived and touched and experienced life experience it's wisdom from experience and it craves different experiences and as it experiences something it gets information it's like oh that's what that's like cool and then it's ready to move on to the next thing so it can look like a lot of fickleness it can look like shifting and changing a lot and not committing to a specific thing it can look like not committing it can also look like being unwise it's like well why aren't you applying wisdom why aren't you going and getting advice from people before you do things I have to tell you honestly unless I'm truly stumped and I'm looking for information you won't see me coming for advice what you will see me doing because information can come both from research sources from reading and you know the internet etc and also from talking to people about their experiences what you'll see me doing is I will do enough research on my own until I get to the point where it's time to experience. Now, oftentimes, I would say 85 to 95% of the time, that's a wide range, um, I will not ask for advice. I almost never want advice. I wanna go and do it and then I'm like, ooh, I'm learning. So I love having spaces where I get to think through what I'm learning. I love spaces where people ask me questions so that I can synthesize my experiences and get the insights from what I've just experienced and deposit that insight into my data bank so that I can use it to support me as I continue with my life right me being like that is something that's brought me so much healing to know that that's how I move because i used to like i said think that i was fickle and committal blah 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 and i thought it was something i needed to fix and now that I'm not trying to fix it, I'm like, bring on the experiences, right? I was looking at my career and I'm a generalist because I've hopped from job to job to job, not because I'm non-committal and I'm disloyal and, you know, I don't know what I want, but actually because I go, I'm craving an experience. So I go to a place, I experience that thing then I'm like, oh, I know what that's like. Okay, cool. Thank you. And then I move on. And it's like it's time for me to move on and it's very correct for me to move on. And if I stay, then I'm blocked from being able to initiate my next big thing. That is what the universe wants to bring to the world, or I'm blocked from going off and having my experience. Now you'll also see in my human design chart that I have gate 35, which is the gate of change. And that comes out of the throat center. And the gate of change is also called progress. And that gate seeks new opportunities and new experiences, travel, exploration, adventure, new people, new situations, new relationships. I've had a thousand best friends throughout my life because I'm close to people in different seasons and then they cycle in and out and I never know when someone new is going to come and someone's going to leave. I just have to follow the flow of my energy and people come when they need to. I should remember that as I think about dating. (laughs) But essentially, as I do that, right? It helps me to change and evolve. That is my path and method of evolution. Other people evolve by teaching, right? Other people evolve by being in community and and learning from and watching the experiences of others, right? And that's how they learn. And then some people learn and they look at life top-down. And they're like, I'm not really in the experience. I'm a little bit removed from the experience. I'm like, oh, what's happening? Oh, this is what everyone's doing. This is very interesting, top-down. Other people learn in in a place of silence on their own in this hermit space. So these are all different flavors of the different profile lines. And so if you go find out your profile, you may then see, well, how do I move through life, right? And how does my energy flow to bring me opportunities and abundance? Because I get my best opportunities when I'm out in the field living my life and experiencing new things. That's where I get growth. That's where I get opportunities. That's where I get wisdom. That's where I get vitality from, right? So when I try to stop myself from being this person who lives experientially, I cut myself off from my lifeblood. And that lifeblood powers so many things within me. And when I'm out in the world, this feeling cognition, this sense of me... It, it almost feels like when I'm out and experiences in experiences and whatever or in any environment, it's almost like my energy pushes out of me and stretches out little tentacles into the environment. And it's touching and feeling and sensing and getting all the stuff through my antennae and then pulls it all back into me and integrates it. When they then pull back into silence and can like let it process. I don't even have to consciously do that. This is all happening subconsciously. Isn't that magical? Oh my gosh, guys. <sighs> human design is so magical. But now the thing that I've had to accept is that part of the thing about human design and all these different, these are just like, guys, what I've shared with you right now is 5% of what human design can tell you. So please, 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 please go look at your chart. Please reach out to me for a reading. If you know your exact time of birth down to the second, if you don't, go ask your grandmother, go, go. I can also do something where I actually divine your, your time of birth, where I use a pendulum and you can, anyone that you trust, if you give them permission, they can use a pendulum to hone down to your exact time of birth. That's how I did it. Cause my mom didn't know what time I was born. Um, and so please go get your chart. You guys, it will be such a blessing to you. Oh my God. It will be such a blessing. Now you can see why when I come out of this emergence, right? I'm in this emergence. I haven't come out of it. I'm still in the emergence. And I'm discovering that the big thing is that I need to now try to figure out how to do is to learn to be me because all the things that I haven't been doing that I need to be doing are things like I need to be taking initiative because I kind of stopped taking big risky initiative in my life because I felt burned by all the loss I've experienced. Number two, I was in a much more passive role in the way that I was doing online dating. right? I was like waiting for people to swipe on me, and then if they swipe on me, let me see who swiped on me. And then I was putting myself in a responding role. There are some people who are designed to be responders. I'm not one of those. I'm designed to initiate. So I should be looking at people and saying, hmm, yes. And to go by what I'm seeing there and my instinctual feeling in the moment, yes. Not swiping on the people that I'm like, oh, but Tenji, aren't you trying to change your type? Shouldn't you be open-minded? The moment I'm doing that, it's a no. Because unless it's an instant yes, it's a no. Because that's how my spleen works, right? So things like that. Things like, because I'm designed to bring new things into the world, and to do that from a place of my desires, because the energy center that creates creative energy for me is my heart center, which means, and the heart center is all about will and desires. That means that I'm supposed to use my desires to fuel the things I create. I'm not supposed to create from a different energy. Therefore, I need to heal my relationship with my desires and let myself be a person who just wants what she wants and goes after what she wants. Specifically that word, she goes after what she wants. That's me. But I've been cut off from that because if you listen to my last episode where I'm talking about, you know, the way that I was raised and like, you know, being the legacy of colonialism and not really being able to have wants, only having permission as black people to have needs and things like that. You can see where then I have wounding and I have shadow frequencies at play that are blocking my energy from really fully realizing themselves. So my human design chart is becoming a place where I can get clues as to... What does, how do I live for me specifically? Because how I live is not how you're meant to live. It's not how your sister's meant to live. It's not how my dad was meant to live. It is how I'm meant to live. And the clues for how we're meant to live are mapped out for us in this beautiful way in the human design chart. Now, if it doesn't work for you, that's fine. You can use something else. But if there's a personality archetyping system that has felt like, ooh, it really resonates, and ideally you want one that bypasses the mind because, as we know in life, the mind is full of stories, if you're able to find that, I think it would be really amazing for you to be able to look around your chart and say, well, what feels comfortable to me? What am I struggling to embrace? What feels like there's no fucking chance on this planet that I'll be successful if I try and move in that energy? (laughs) As a woman, I feel that way about being a manifester. Going out and initiating, that means I initiate everything, guys. I initiate jobs for myself, relationships for myself. I initiate my houses. Everything in my life is always, I wake up and I say, it's time for this and I go and I go get it. Right? But I'm a woman. I'm not supposed to be a go-getter. I'm supposed to let a man come and lead me. Fuck being led. Right? But who will marry me if I'm all, I don't wanna be led? So there's all these things that some of my archetyping butts heads with that I have to really contend with. And so some of the things that may not feel resonant, it could be because there's conditioning there. It could be because you're afraid that you won't be able to fully move in that energy. For other places, you might have a wound, like the manifesto wounding that I have around control. It's something that many manifestors, most manifestors face. Because it's just the nature of being alive is you're supposed to be in community and you're supposed to be like conciliatory and compromising and like in this like collective alignment of aura, right? You're like an auric alignment and harmony with your community. And then here's this little manifester who has energy no one can read. And it's like, is that a threat? Are we safe around this person? And then those communities tend to try to control those people so that they feel safe and can understand why people do that. But for us, we need to find a way to inform people of who we are and soften a little bit their experience of us so that we're not as threatening, but we may need to actually overcome that wound. So where is your wounding, right? And I think what's really beautiful about human design is that wherever you start, you will get wisdom, So I've been interacting with this system for three years. And this thing about when I told you about Lilith and how my Lilith is in gate 40, whatever it is, 43 or something. I don't think it's 43, but my Lilith is in whatever gate it is in. Now I'm obsessed with trying to find it. Guys, give me a second. I have to find it. This is the one line in me that's like, I cannot leave them with inaccurate information. I must go find this answer. There it is. My Lilith. Oh, I was right. Ooh. Okay, my list is in grade 30, (laughs) which is about hunger for change, thirst, desire for opportunities, experiences, but letting go of the outcome. So learning that, I learned that maybe two months ago, but I've known about human design for three years, since 2021, my therapist brought it to me. And so at the beginning, where I was finding the most healing was just learning about my that I'm a manifester and now I'm having another return to my manifester energy type because I'm in a place where I'm feeling stuck and I'm feeling stuck because I need to find healing with really 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 deepening on a deeper level into this world of personal agency and personal power. Now I have a lot of personal agency, you can see it in the life that I've created and the way that I move and the choices that I make But there's a level that's even closer to this mortal wound in my heart that I have to really go into and lovingly heal and have courage in because I'm now at a place where it's not about sitting and like hugging myself, right? And like, you know, taking that part and being like, part, I'm so sorry. You're crying. Oh my God. That's the first step. The next step is to say, okay, then how do we let ourselves now go outside with this part that's terrified of rejection and go and live as me? Right. Go do the initiations, go create for me the business that I want to create and and to believe that if this is how my energy moves, I can be successful at it. Right. Another aspect of myself that I learned early, that I learned maybe around last year and started really spending time with, especially after I got sick, was the fact that I am an open energy set, cent- an open sacral center. So the center that brings us sustaining energy, the energy to move and like consistently show up and work hard and steadily for long periods of time is called the sacral center. Now generators and manifesting generators have defined sacral centers and they comprise of about 70% of the population. Go them. Yay you. The other 30% of us, we have open centers. We have open sacral centers, or you can say undefined sacral centers. Therefore that means we don't have consistent energy to sustaining energy to execute things long term so we're not actually designed to wake up and and show up for work nine to five for projector types they tend to have a, a small energy endowment that can consistently show up every day right so they can come and work maybe two three hours four hours whatever it is for each person every day consistently for me as a manifester i'm actually designed to work in spurts so when i'm producing something like when i launched the abundant leaders podcast that thing came out of me in five days. And then I marketed it over the next two days. And within a week, I went from zero to having a podcast that had three episodes out that was being marketed and advertised on my social media page and started getting listens from zero guys. Now I'd been thinking about the podcast for a while. My desire for the podcast had been slowly building within me. And then when it came, it just came and it was like a a baby that pushed itself out of me. It was like labor time to give birth boom, you're in hospital, baby comes out and you push and push and push. (laughs) And then you have this baby and then you're panting and you just need to go and like cave and recover because it's taken a phenomenal amount of energy to make this baby. It's like you're making a human. That's a lot of energy. Now, that means for me, when I'm not creating something and in that burst, my energy goes all the way down. When I'm creating, you can say that energy is at like 150 watts. It's more powerful than a generator's energy. But when it closes down, it almost feels like it goes down to minus 39. And I have to somehow build it up and then it slowly then gets back to zero. And then from zero, it builds up slowly in the background. And then it like charges up the battery and then the battery gets plugged into the socket and then you get the power, right? So for me, it's a bit hard for me to be in environments where I have to show up every day because I show up in spurts for projects and then I need downtime, which means I need to find a way to get things that are paying for themselves in the background that I don't have to show up for all the time, like a course. Or I need to do really well-priced and well-remunerated projects where I come and I deliver a big thing and then when it's done, I'm like, whew, it's done and I can go recover and I'm paid enough for that thing so that when I need the downtime, I can rest. And this is a very valid use of money because I bring such exciting, innovative, necessary things that will help society to move forward. That's the role that I play. Whereas generators, they have this consistent set of energy because they're here to take these cool concepts and build them out and make them sustainable and commercially viable and usable. It's such a valuable role. So everyone plays a very valuable role. They just do it in a different way. So I encourage you to go find your human design because it may explain to you why your energy looks the way that it looks, the types of jobs that have worked well for you or not, the situations that have led you to burn out, um, the way that your relationships tend to play out with people. Some of the things that you say, my value is X, like I value adventure and experience and exploration. It makes sense because I'm a three line in my profile line and I have gate 30 and gate 30s. Gate 30 and gate 35, the gate of change and the gate of like emotional experience, right? And so it's like, when you start understanding this, you suddenly have this place where you can be like, oh, it makes sense. And I think it's very helpful if you do go to human design, take the information with you into your therapy session so that, because if your therapist understands some of these things about you, they may have then a way of understanding why you are the way you are. And they may stop trying to heal you of something that isn't a problem with you. (laughs) And number two, it can give them and you a map for actually what is a healed expression of yourself in the particular thing you're struggling with. Because some of your struggles, you guys, they might just be conditioning struggles, right? Some of the struggles may be your... And a lot of them, I've, I believe, are our intuition and our energy body, our souls trying to get us back to who we were, who we were when we first came here, and who our soul wanted to be and what it wanted to express in this life. So that's why human design becomes the pathway back to your soul, the pathway to who you are and what you're trying to do and be in this life. And that is the spiritual path. The spiritual path is for you to be you. And me to be me. And when we're all contributing our usness to the world, we make the world better. We help each other naturally. We experience more joy, more abundance, more vitality, more um, growth, more wisdom, greater, more experiences, more love, more connection when we are fully ourselves. Our deepest purpose is to return to our soul's signature. And I don't wanna say return, but to express the fullness of our soul's signature and what it, designed, it desired to express in this lifetime. That is our purpose. purpose not to make money. Our purpose is not to um, be a certain person. Our purpose is not even to attain certain characteristics that are viewed as lofty characteristics. Like, you know, someone might say, oh, you know what? We should all be seeking to be still. What I love about human design is that it, it helps you to understand where, you know, A, someone is coming from. So someone might come to the table and say, the key to spiritual enlightenment is stillness. It could be because they have a gate in their chart, which is a gate that has a design of stillness, of which there is one, right? Or they may be, when they say, be, be quiet, be quiet in your mind and in your environment, and that's where you'll find wisdom. They may be like me. They may have a low sound um, digestion of information and awareness and insight. And that's why they're saying, because this was my path to enlightenment, this is the path to enlightenment. But if you don't have that design, you can listen to that information and say, well, actually, what is the true, the best way that I connect with the divine is through activity when I'm singing. When I'm moving around or when I'm dancing, not when I'm sitting down with my hands on my lap in absolute silence. That isn't meditation to me. I can't even sit still. There's nothing wrong with your mind. You are designed to connect with the divine through activity and motion or through sound and high vibration. So then when you go look at these things, these become beautiful keys that you can use to help you understand how you connect to divinity and how you read and interpret and move through the world as you because your purpose is to find fullness in life in your way it's not to do it in my way the purpose is to get to the goal we all have the same goal but we have many paths to get there we're many rivers with many tributaries that go through many different terrains in order to get to the same place and every path is valid and necessary. Because if a river flowed through one path only, you wouldn't get water and irrigation to all the other parts of the land where you find tributaries. So we're all supposed to flow out where we flow because we're needed where we go in the way that we are and in the essence that we are so that we can bring to those areas our our nourishment. right? And there's so much nourishment in being able to see Tenji boldly living out there, taking risks, trying different things, but bringing information in as she does things, right? I'm here. I've never been a podcaster, but I did miles of research before I started my podcast. And then I came... I don't have a podcast advisor. I don't, but I'm learning as I do it. So I'm here and I'm doing it. I'm like, oh shit, okay, you know, the episode needs to be like this. Oh, I need to do this with the mic sound. Oh, that's what gain means. This is how I adjust my mic settings. I'm learning on the ground. That inspires people who are afraid to jump in and just try. Right. And so that's my gift to people like that. But while I'm here, I'm also still researching. So just before I started recording, I'd gotten an email from Spotify and I paused to read it. And I was like, oh, there's all these new features that they have. And there's these mechanisms that can help me to, you know, increase engagement or whatever, whatever. Now I'm not trying to do that for this personal podcast, but I'm doing that for my professional one. So then I'm learning while I do it, which is my one line. So that is an inspiration to people who don't have the one line in their profile. And there are people who might just jump in, or there are people who go and they ask for advice from other people. Nothing wrong with you asking for advice from other people. That's how you get information. But it may also say, hey, also bring a set of, of you know safety and security for yourself by owning some knowledge for yourself, right? Here's what it can look like, right? If you are to own some of the information you gain, right? But it's not saying be like me. It's saying, oh, maybe there are people in this world who make decisions in a way that's different to me, using information in a way that's different to the way I use information. And we are all welcome here. I think the gift when you look at human design is that you start understanding that everyone is so different that there is no single best way. And that helps you to build a compassion for yourself and a deep acceptance for yourself and your idiosyncrasies, idiosyncrasies, (sighs) idiosyncratic idiosyncrasies. (laughs) And two, to have deep acceptance for other people and other people's way and approach and the method to their madness because you have a method to your madness. And then you become someone who's like, oh, this is just you. This is just me. So imagine if you were in a relationship with your partner and you start understanding when before you want to buy a house, you want to sit down and research every single house in the neighborhood and create a spreadsheet. That's what I want to do. But before they buy a house, they want to call every friend that they know and ask them all the questions about, you know, their houses and their house buying experiences. You might butt heads and, you know, your partner might think your approach is is um, insular and 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 does not take in real life experiences and data and is therefore flawed you might think their experience is lacking grounding and scientific method and they need to go and actually research things that have been written and said about the buying process and etc and so you may actually think each other's way is wrong. It's not wrong. It's just different. Imagine you let your partner call up a fifteen people, and and your partner let you go and research fifteen websites, and then you came together and combined your approaches. How powerful would that be if you're able to say, babe, this is my spreadsheet, and then they're like, no, well I heard this and this and this from different people, and you use their information to to you know cross out some of the houses you had on your on your spreadsheet right or to add a few more columns to your spreadsheet that you didn't have that can help you to actually evaluate your potential houses better how beautiful is that so you can see the opportunity for harmony and just a better life guys human design oh it is the love of my life right now because i'm a one line and i love systems that are highly detailed it's a very detailed system so you might look at it and feel overwhelmed that's why i say just pick the one thing and sit in the one thing And the best advice I can give you is um, let yourself go on experiments. When you learn something, I mean, I'm going to tell you to not do what I do. But like I get very tempted and very easily drawn down rabbit holes and I'll research this thing for like the whole day and read everything there is to read and listen to every podcast that was ever recorded about manifestors. But then what I then do, luckily, because I have a third line, is I'll go and I'll actually experiment with it. I'll be like, okay, the strategy for manifestors is to initiate and inform. Okay, how can I experiment with informing? Okay, let me look in my life. Where have I not been taking initiative? Where do I need to be more proactive? Okay, what am I going to do differently about the way that I'm doing this thing so that I'm using more of my agency and being more proactive? That's how you start seeing change, by translating what you're reading into lived experiments so that you yourself can experience whether your human design is true or not and right or not for you. That's it, guys. Woo! What a long ass episode. I never thought it was going to be an hour and 10 minutes, but I mean, I'm in love. If you want a part two, holler at your girl. I'll record a part two. And I can talk about any aspect of it, right? Like, what does it mean for your career? What does it look like in your relationships? You know, any aspect of human design that you'd be curious about? And remember what I said at the beginning, if you want to do a reading, if you want a free reading from me, I can give you one. And we can record it and share it live on the podcast so that other people can get access to an inspiration to go down the human design rabbit hole and experience it for themselves all right kisses i hope you made it to the end if you made it to the end you are a fucking badass and i'm so happy you're here if you didn't make it to the end you didn't even hear me hear this so it does hear me say this so it doesn't even matter and i still love you just as much as i love the others okay guys have a lovely 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 one